Let us, let us pray. Oh Lord, we are your family. We are gathered in your name. It's great to hear the voices of these little ones that are a part of this family. And in a way, we are all little ones. Just in a sense, toddlers when we stand before you. We think we have all the wisdom to really cope and deal with life. But actually, we are clueless. Because without you, how can we know? How can we find direction? So thank you for coming to us, stepping into our worlds and revealing yourself to us. Thank you, Lord, that we are united with Christians all over the world. Brothers and sisters in Christ that are seeking one thing, and that's to worship you, to serve you, and to tell your amazing story to the world around us. Thank you, Lord, that you are with us in this place today. That we know that what we are doing is not just something like meeting in a clubhouse. But what we are doing is actually to be in the presence of God in a very special way. Because this is how you choose to work with us and in us. Through your word and through a worship service. That is designed by you and this is designed by you. So use this space. That is your space. Use this time that is your time to do with us what you will now serve us. No, most of all you and your name. We ask this, O Lord, in the name of our we ask this in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Being lost. It's a weird feeling. It's a very strange experience. It's sometimes terrifying. A few times in my life, I got lost. And I sort of can keep direction quite well. And I remember once when I was younger, I got lost. Um, we were in a new town. We moved there. It was dark, cloudy. I went running. I ran into a forest. I came out on the other end. I had no idea where I was. No cell phone. No nothing that I could find direction. Eventually, a guy came by, and I sort of tried, tried to speak to him, but he was a Zulu, and my language, I couldn't speak Zulu that well. At that point, I couldn't really find out what he said to me, because I was mumbling something, and he was mumbling something, and I was standing there, and I had no idea. And I was tired. I, I was running for four or five miles, and I wanted to get back home, and I had no idea how to get back. Thinking about this while you are sitting in church on this beautiful Sunday morning is maybe difficult because I don't think a lot of you have got lost uh, recently, maybe. But just think for a moment back when you were younger or a child and you had the sense that you are lost. You did not know where your parents are. You were standing in a grocery store and the next moment they are not there. That actually, that, that terrifying experience that you had in a moment, moment when you start to panic and say to yourself, what now? Where to now? There are many ways to being lost. One of the ways is when you are physically lost. That is what I talked about just now for a moment. But then there is the different way, another way. And that is when you are lost as a human, as a person with yourself. I did some research on this recently and I lit, read a number of papers that was written about the fact that so many people in 2022 feel lost about who they are and about life. 
They say that feeling lost is one of the main reasons why people are depressed. Feeling lost is one of the main reasons why people commit suicide. Feeling lost is one of the main reasons why people are completely hopeless. They do not have the energy to get up out of bed and to really move forward in their lives. And it's a sickness not only for young people but also for adults. It stretches through all generations, all age groups. It's irrelevant where you are, what you are doing. We have people in high income groups. We have people in low income groups. We have people that are in great positions of leadership and other people that are followers. And they all have the same sense of feeling lost in a sense. So what makes you feel lost? What makes you feel lost if you think about your life and you do not really know where you are going? What makes you feel lost if you ask yourself, so I've been doing all of this for such a long time, but what is the meaning of all of this? What is the sense of all of this? Because no one can really escape the fact that you are getting older. And as you're getting older, you start to question what you are and what you've been doing a little bit more. And then we have the culture that we now live in. A culture that's actually questioning every single thing that we know as truth. I was walking with someone there in the mountains, uh, a part of the, a few people from the church went with us on this walk up the hill. Uh, uh, and at some point, the, uh, the person asked me something, I said, this is the truth, and the truth from now until the truth changes. And she couldn't stop laughing. She said, so, truth can change. I said, absolutely, in the world that we now live, truth can change constantly. Because we now live in a world where every single thing is questioned. You need to question who you are. You need to question your gender, gender that you are born with. You're not supposed to be what you are born with biologically because, you know, everything is questioned. It's fluid now. You can decide and identities are confused. In Olympia High School, there are children that identify themselves as Furries. I thought they said furdies, but furries. <laughs> Children that are now say they identify themselves with animals and they can growl at you and they can show their nails at you and you can't say a word because that's now okay. I thought it was funny when I heard it the first time, then I heard it's true. That's actually what's going on. So being lost can be that you do not know who you are. Being lost can mean that you have no idea really what the direction is for you in life because there is no direction anymore. And I'm sort of drifting without any meaning, without any truth. That is the world I think that we are in a little bit today. So I'm going to do a very short series. Three sermons on three words. The way, the truth, and the life. A statement that our Lord make in, made in John chapter 14. If you page through the Gospel of John, that's actually telling the story of Jesus, a little bit different than Matthew, Mark, and Luke did it, you will find that in the Gospel of John there are seven I am statements. Where the Lord said, I am the way, the truth, the life. I am the vine. Uh, I am this, I am this. I'm not going to go through all of them now. That's for a different day. But I chose then this one. And I thought to myself, I've never really preached a sermon on this one statement. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. So today I'm going to look at the, the way part of the statement that our Lord made. And let's just read this. Do not let your hearts be troubled, the Lord said. Believe in God, believe also in me. 
In my father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you that I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself. So that where I am, you also may be. And you also know the way and the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And if you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. This is the word of our Lord. You know, for a while the disciples were doing really okay. In the world that they lived in, things were very complicated and it was very uncertain. Then the Lord came into their lives. And that really helped them a lot. Because this new rabbi uh, came on the scene, he asked them to follow uh, him and they started to follow him. And as they followed him, they started to get to know him. And I think we need to know that the disciples and the Lord were really friends. You know, no, no, if you look at old pictures that especially the Roman Catholic Church would put out of Jesus, uh, the paintings in Europe or whatever, it's always this, this solemn person in a white robe with this halo around his head and he stands there. That is not the Jesus I meet in the Bible. The Jesus I meet in the Bible is a warm person and I think he laughed a lot and had a lot of fun with his disciples because that's what he did. He brought the love and the joy of God to this world. So I think they just were the best of friends and, and they loved being around him because he said all of these amazing things about life and about living and, and, and he had all of these powers. He could change bread. Uh, uh, he, he could multiply bread and change water into wine. That was earlier in his life. But, but he could do all of these things and it was just amazing to have Jesus part of their lives. They relaxed. They were constantly together with him. But that's not life, is it? The fact that you have Jesus in your life doesn't mean that everything is constantly going to be okay. That's the sad thing that people uh, sometimes um, struggle with. Is they think if I've got Jesus in my life, it's now going to be just great until the end. But that's not true. That's not realistic. So the Lord at some point sat with his disciples here in John 14. He says, I'm going to go away. And going away means actually to die. And that was not a message they wanted to hear. Because they had this expectation that he was going to restore the kingdom of Israel. He was going to do all of these great things, sit on the throne. And they maybe are going to be, you know, part of his new cabinet. And they're going to start reign over Israel. And oh, they had all these dreams crushed in that sentence. Crushed. So they are in distress and they are in fear. What is going to happen with him? What's going to ha happen next if the Lord is not going to be here anymore because you, we want the Lord to be right here with us, serving us then in a sense also a little bit. So fear, anxiety, uncertainty, a sense of feeling lost, no direction, a sense that the Lord is going to abandon him because they gave themselves to him and now he's going to leave them. That's a sense that I have felt, or I've heard a lot of, uh, from a lot of people in my life where they say, well, you know, I, I gave my life to Christ and then I felt that he left me. 
He's not giving to me what I thought he should because we always flip the thing. We want the Lord to serve me and I don't understand it's about me serving the Lord. Then the Lord responds. And I think that's the important thing here. Remember now when Jesus is with his disciples, we've got God there. Remember now God is for the first time back on, on earth, like in paradise. And, and what happens is that Jesus sees their distress and he responds to it. And this is to me as a human extremely encouraging to know that, that the story of Christ, the story of God is that God says, I know what you are going through. I know that you are struggling with yourself. You are struggling with fear. You are struggling with anxiety. You are struggling with life in itself. And it's important to me that you know that I know that this is not easy. And therefore, God's response to this is not to say, okay, I won't die. But God's response to them is, hear my word. The words that I am speaking to you now, because the words I'm going to share with you, because John 14 continues into 15 and 16. All of these words will help you to deal with what you need to deal with when I'm not physically right next to you. I will be there for you, but in a different way. And I think that's really part of the problem of a lot of us. Is that we try to deal with life and, and we do not always read our Bible enough to seek the answers in there. You know, if I tell you that the Bible is the living word of God, I, I, I honestly believe this, that the Holy Spirit that, that helped the people write the Bible is the same Spirit that helps us to read the Bible. So if you and I are going through a difficult time in our life, we should, not only then, but we should always read the Word because that is the tool that God uses to help us to deal with life and its complexity. And I've had countless of people say to me, when I was in my darkest, I read the Word, and I heard the voice of God. Because why would God ignore us? Why would God not speak to us when we are in trouble? That's what he wants to do. That's why Jesus came. That, that's why he's standing in front of his disciples to say, the God that created all has enough compassion for you to actually approach you in your distress. And the first thing that the Lord says is you need to keep on believing. You see, that's the first thing that happens when we have trouble with God. That's the first thing that happens when we struggle with life and with difficulty and do not understand God's way for us, is that we struggle to believe. Because what do we believe? We believe God is good and God is great and God is going to provide and now none of those things are happening, so then our faith in God starts to waver. And then we turn to different things because we think God is not the God that we believe He is. And that's why Jesus immediately comes and says, believe. Continue to believe that what I've told you, what I'm going to tell you is true because God is true. And then he moves into the section of saying, and remember, I am. And the I am statements are profound in the Gospel of John. Go and look for them, you'll find them. He says, I am the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. So let's look at the way real quick. So, this is a typical street in Kathmandu. Um, my cell phone didn't really work in the sense that I could use the thing really as a GPS there. So I, last Sunday, I had to walk somewhere. And, and, and I was walking and I, I, I uh, copied the map in my room. And then I made a lot of screenshots. So I was looking at the map. And it's supposed to be a road as wide as a Popka Island road. 
It is as narrow as this little stairway here. That's the road. <laughs> so, so uh, look, look at the cables there. Uh, um, that's how the roads are also. Uh, it's very confusing. It, it, it's very sort of complex. Okay. Uh, luckily, that those are not power cables. Those are all telephone and, and whatever. I don't know. Well, that's not power. That's all I know. So I sort of got lost, but not concerningly lost because there's a tower that I could see, and I knew if I stay on the north side of the tower, I'd be sort of okay. But at some point, I had no idea. I wanted to come get to Tamil. That's the place I wanted to get to. So I started to ask people, and most of them can sort of speak English. And they would point the direction. And I found a policeman. And I said, I want to get to this place. And he said, okay, you need to go down here, two streets, turn left, and then one street, left, right, and then and, and there are no two lefts and two rights. It, nothing worked out. It, it just didn't work out well. You see, the moment when you give directions, and you walk away from the person that gave you the directions, you are alone again. And your chances of getting lost again is extremely good. But then there's another way. And that also happened to me in this, in this trip. I was doing something different. It was a different time. And I was asking someone, and this person looked at me and said, let me go and show you. Let me go and show you. Immediately, immediately, I relaxed. I've got someone that I trust, and this person is going to show me. So I just sort of walked behind this person, and this person took me to the destination where I wanted to be. And that's what the Lord meant when he said, I'm the way. You see, when the Lord says, I'm the way, he's not standing on the side and yelling out directions to us to try to tell us how to deal with life. He says, I will take you where you need to be because I am the one that will take you there. So why did he use the word the way? You see, when we lost paradise, we lost our way to God. That's what most people do not understand. You see, when we lost paradise, God said there's going to be angels that prevent us from getting back to God. And why was that true? Why did that happen? Because there's no way that you and I can find our way back to God on ourselves. George had a Wonderful um, uh, topic during the Reformation Sunday that we did, or Monday, uh, Reformation Day conference, about the fact that we can't get back to God on our own. That was his lecture between Calvinistic and Armenian theology. I can't, after I've lost the God, and turn around and say, Hey, God, I think I did something wrong. I need to get back in there. There's no way. There's no way. That door is closed. The only way to get back to God is through the door that God gives us and the way that God gives us. And the way that God gives us back to Him is through His Son, Jesus Christ. There's no other way. No other way. That's why I'm always so astounded if I speak to people, and it has happened with me now recently, that tell me, you know, we need to be careful to say to these folks they are not right, or these folks when they believe all of this rubbish, that that's also okay. The Hindus have billions of gods, millions of gods. Hundreds of gods. One day they worship a dog. Then the dog is the god of that day. And then there's a cat. And then it's a cow. Well, cows are always. Uh, no beef. Don't, don't go there. No beef. No beef. <laughs> so people come and say you need to be, you know, accept what they believe because that may also bring them to heaven. That's nonsense. There's but one way. And that's through Jesus Christ. Because the way back to God is closed except through what God opens up for us. 
And that's why the Lord came and He says, I am the way. I'm the only one that can get you back and restore to where God wants you to be, and that's in His presence. Because we have lost our way. So what does it mean to get our way back to God? You see, for most people, it let me just turn around here and see what's my next slide. I don't want to, yeah. For most people, getting back to God just means to believe in Him, but that's not only true. What did Adam and Eve, I need to get done now. I'm enjoying this now this morning. What did, you see, I've, I had time to think about sermons flying 22 hours back. What did, what did Adam and Eve experience in the garden? Everything that God wanted they, to have, everything that God wanted them to have about himself, his creation. He said you can eat from everything, you can enjoy everything, just leave that one stupid tree alone. The way back to God is back to a place where God gives us everything. Everything that we need for life and for living. That's what most people do not understand. That having God in your life is not only having a pie in the sky sort of theology that one day when I die I'll be heaven, but having God in my life means actually to have a God that's involved in my day-to-day -day living. And helping me to cope with my day-to-day -day living because this God wants me to have direction, to have purpose, to have an identity. And you know what's the most important identity that you and I have? I'm a child of the only holy living God. And what can the world do with me because I'm a child of God? Nothing. I've got a dad behind me that will take care of me and of, him, and of them. No fear. I've got God. My second final slide. If the Lord says I'm the way, what does it mean for me practical? It means to follow the leader. Uh, with respect, I use this duck picture because that's what ducks do, isn't it? The mom walks and all the ducklings follow exactly where the mom is going. They have no idea. They would follow the mom blindly. If I say that I believe in Jesus Christ, if I believe that He's the way for me to, 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 to life and to living, then it needs that I need to obey Him, to follow in His footsteps. And that's why I've got obey, obey, obey over and over again. To trust the guide. We had a guide when we had to walk up this hill. That knew. We walked on average seven to seven and a half hours a day, climbing steps, steps, endless, endless. And then we had a guide that we could ask how far, and he would say 15 minutes, but he would say that 15 times. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't want to tell us we've got five hours left of walking always. <laughs> but the guide was there to guide us so that we wouldn't get lost. And a few times there was... A split in the road and we had no idea and then the guide said this is the way because you didn't want to waste any energy going in the wrong direction that's what the Lord says the Lord says if you want to make it in this life in 2022 and in 2023 and whatever lies ahead of us he says just obey me the things that I've said will not pass away it will not be relevant in 22 or 23 it's the word of God for life. Just make this part of your life. And you'll be okay. Follow my footsteps. Love like I did. Serve like I did. 
Have compassion like I did. Treat people, your spouse, your children in a way that I tell you to. Look at your work, look at your life through my eyes because the Lord spoke about money, about sexuality, about every single thing that you can imagine. The Lord spoke about this. He said, just obey me and you will not ever feel lost. In Acts chapter 19 and in Acts chapter um, 9, um, Meanwhile, Saul, still breathing threats, murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest, asked for the letters to the synagogues at Damascus so that he found any who belonged to the way, men, women, he might bring them down to Jews. I really messed this up. Please read this. Uh, uh, that's what it says. Um, three times in the book of Acts, you'll find a reference to Christians being called the people of the way. Why? The people from the earliest church followed in the footsteps of Jesus in such a way that they were called people of the way. Because they said, the only way to get through life is to follow the one that brought us the way, and that's Jesus. The people of the way. The way, the truth, and the life. The people of Jesus following in the footsteps of him. I promise you, when you go to work tomorrow or to school or where you interact with people, you will be surrounded by people that are actually lost. They seem okay, and you ask them how you are doing, and they would say, fine, but in their hearts they are many times very down, depressed, and not doing that well. They are struggling with themselves, with relationships, with their children, with finances, with so many things that can be sort of resolved if you just follow the way of Christ. Who's going to be their guide? Who's going to give them a direction? Are you only going to say, go there? Are you going to say, let me show you? Let me show you. Maybe that is our calling in this world. That we who have the answer can actually come to this world and say, you are struggling with your relationships. You are struggling with these things. Let me show you the way. And how do you show them the way? Say, I have found. That if I follow him, my life is way better. If I try to apply what the Lord asks of me, things start to turn around. And you know what? Come to me to church on Sunday. And maybe together we can find the answer to your problem that you are facing now. Because I believe that God wants to get you where you need to be in life. In your relationship with yourself. Just with the meaning of who you are. Because it all lies only in him. A dark world, lost people, desperately seeking for an answer. Here it is. You've got it. I've got it. I'm not going to say left, left, right, right, or I'm going to say, come, come. I'm here for you. Let me show you the way, the way back into the garden where the God of heaven and earth will take care of you in a way that you can't believe. Amen.